Elon Musk calls the Toronto Star Canada's Pravda after Pierre Polyev accused the paper of a ridiculous attack. Calgarians have 60 days to recall Mayor Jyoti Gondek in the first ever petition of its kind. Pierre Polyev wades into the parental rights debate and tells Trudeau to butt out on parental rights. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, February 7th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Lindsay Shepard. And I'm Isaac Lamoureux. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. One of the world's richest men, if not the richest man, has likened the Toronto Star to Soviet state media after conservative leader Pierre Polyev said the newspaper is planning to write a, quote, hit piece about him. In a post on X Tuesday evening, Polyev accused the star of mounting a, quote, ridiculous attack with a forthcoming story. Polyev wrote, quote, The Toronto Star is trying to write a hit piece on the fact that my wife bought a small $300 splash pool a couple years ago, which we paid for and put up ourselves. Separately, they are attacking us for the National Capital Commission, installing a safety fence at Stornoway to protect our kids after threats to my family. Elon Musk, the owner of X and CEO of Tesla, replied. He wrote, The Toronto Star has become Canada's Pravda. Pravda was the official newspaper of the Soviet Communist Party until the fall of the Soviet Union. While the Toronto Star is not state-owned, it does receive significant financial support from the federal government, along with many other Canadian newspapers. The Star article Polyev referenced was not online as of 9 a.m. Eastern this morning. Isaac, while the Toronto Star isn't state-owned, like Pravda was. Does Elon Musk have a point? How can a media outlet be neutral and fair if they're beneficiaries of a government handout? Yeah, Lindsay, I think that Musk does have a point. In my opinion, uh, a media outlet cannot be neutral and operate without bias if they are beneficiaries of government handouts. And I couldn't find an annual report for the Toronto Star since 2019, and they were purchased by investors in 2020. However, if their financial situation is anything like that of 2019's, then the Toronto Star operate very similarly to the CBC financially. They receive significant aid from the federal government, but still suffer a net loss. I'm hesitant still to compare the Toronto Star to the CBC. Obviously, the CBC is receiving funding of over a billion dollars per year from the federal government, which is far more than the Toronto Star. And I think that the Toronto Star does operate with less bias and favor for the federal government than does the CBC. However, Lindsay, how do you think that the many medias that receive substantial government funding are, are, are going to dig themselves out of the hole that they've dug if, if their funding should change with a change uh, of federal government? They've obviously had the extreme luxury of operating with a seamlessly endless cash of funding. W will they simply cease to operate at all if their funding disappears? Well, I think the phrase that always comes up when we talk about the state of journalism in Canada is, why bite the hand that feeds? So this is why a lot of people accuse journalists in Canada of being sympathetic towards Trudeau, um, because he is the one who basically funds their jobs. And they know that if the funding gets cut off, like let's say if a conservative government came in and they said, you know, we're ending journalism subsidies. Well, they know that 
they wouldn't have a job anymore, most likely. Um, whereas on the other hand, we at True North and other independent media outlets, we survive and we thrive off of donations that we receive from individual readers. And so it's their choice to support us because they want us to keep doing what we're doing. And in terms of this actual article that um, Polyev says is forthcoming, I, I do want to see this when it comes out in the Toronto Star. Um, I want to see what this splash pool angle is, because a social media user who replied to Polyev's post on X pointed out that to have a $300 pool, a social media user who replied to Polyev's post on X pointed out that they also have that $300 pool, and it's a replacement for a resort vacation. So while some people might look at that $300 and think, you know, that's quite the splurge, that's quite an expensive purchase, in relative terms, that $300 pool actually means a family is spending their summer at home in the backyard rather than going to a luxury resort. So I'm curious to see what kind of angle the Toronto Star takes on that. Yeah, $300 pool versus Trudeau's $84,000 vacation in Jamaica. The city of Calgary confirmed receiving a formal petition to recall Mayor Jyoti Gondek under Alberta's recall legislation. Former Premier Jason Kenney's UCP government introduced recall legislation in 2020, which came into effect under the Municipal Government Act in 2022. This notice marks a historic first under the legislation. Initiated by local HVAC company owner Landon Johnston, the petition reflects growing dissatisfaction with Mayor Gondek's leadership. True North reached out to Johnston for comment but has not yet received a response. Elections Calgary confirmed receiving the recall petition on January 30th, 2024. The petition was reviewed and deemed compliant, triggering the 60-day signature collection period, which will end on April 4th. To be validated, the city clerk's office must receive the petition with the required numbers of signatures by that date. Achieving the recall requires signatures from 40% of eligible voters in the city's population of 1,285,711, which would equal 514,284 signatures. This is higher even than the total votes cast in the 2021 election. During the last municipal election in 2021, Gondek received 176,344 of the total 393,090 votes cast. Keep in mind, this petition is not online. All signatures have to be physically signed and verified. Lindsay, just to start off, why do you think so many Calgarians are unhappy with the mayor? Well, there was a December 2023 Think HQ survey that revealed Gondek has a 30% approval rating for her performance among Calgarians, with 61% expressing disapproval. Part of this is Gondek's 7.8% residential tax hike, public safety concerns, uh, housing affordability becoming prevalent in Calgary. So while it was once thought of as a very affordable place to live, that's no longer the case. And it's just kind of trailing behind Vancouver and Toronto in terms of outrageous housing prices. But she also skipped a menorah lighting in December 2023 because she claimed the event had put pro-Israel messaging on its poster. But you're an Albertan, Isaac, so help me out. Am I missing anything here? Yeah, Lindsay, the only thing you missed was that, of course, Calgary implemented a single-use items bylaw on January 16th of this year, basically where they're going to start obviously charging for like plastic bags and stuff, similar to Edmonton, which even Premier Smith said she disagreed with both of the policies implemented by these 
municipalities and that, in fact, she will be putting uh, her minister with the task of investigating them. So we'll see how that pans out. And Lindsay, how likely is the petition to be successful? Will enough Calgarians actually physically sign the petition? Well, we actually saw something similar in the province of British Columbia really recently. Um, There was a recall attempt on Rakhna Singh, who is the education minister in BC, and it was mostly over SOGI 123 policy. Um, So the attempt was filed by Gurdip Jassal. So they had to collect signatures from more than 40% of eligible voters in Rakhna Singh's riding, which was Surrey Green Timbers. Um, So 40% of the eligible voters, that is 11,000 811 signatures, and they had 60 days to do it. And this just um, ended on January 29th, and according to Elections BC, the recall campaign was able to collect 3,264 signatures by the deadline. So they did fail um, to recall the education minister, Rakhna Singh. They achieved 27%, which is actually not that far off from 40%. It's a pretty good effort. And the recall GOT Gondek campaign, the fact is they need more signatures than people who actually voted. And this makes me think it's too large of an endeavor. And I don't want to be pessimistic about people exercising their civic rights because I do like to see that. But I think at this point, it's not clear how organized the petitioner is, Landon Johnston. Um, And... You know, we don't really know how big of a team he has. I think his latest update is he has 100 volunteer canvassers behind him. And he'll need a ton of help because he'll need thousands of signatures every single day because he needs to achieve this in 60 days. And of course, this will be in the city of Calgary. One thing with um, the Recall Rakhna Singh campaign that I was talking about in BC is, you know, you might have people all over the province who are concerned about SOGI 123 legislation. Um, This is sexual orientation, gender ideology legislation. The petitioners claim that it promotes trans ideology. Um, They believe that the material in school libraries are overtly sexual and sexually graphic, and their main message has kind of become, leave our kids alone. So you can have a lot of people in the province who are concerned about SOGI 123, but they might not be concentrated in that writing of Surrey Green Timbers, which is where the education minister is an MLA. But whereas in this case, with the city of Calgary in Alberta, it will just be Calgarians. This is, you know, a municipal situation rather than provincial. Yeah, and obviously um, that survey you mentioned showed that Gondek is the least popular mayor in Calgary's history. So if this petition doesn't pass, then do, do you think it's likely that it's basically impossible that a recall could ever happen. I mean, 40% of physical signatures is is quite the task, as you mentioned. It's more pe- than people voted, even if it were online, and say there were no technical issues in regard to validation and stuff. I think it'd still be difficult. But do you think that this at least sends a message to the mayor and that do you think any changes will be made as a result of this? It does send a message. And Landon Johnston, the person who initiated the petition, he did say part of it is just trying out this recall legislation and seeing its flaws. So I guess, yeah, we'll see what comes of it. Yeah, and obviously this is the first 
recall that's ever been initiated since it was enacted in Alberta. Do you do you think that the provincial government will be monitoring maybe what the flaws could be with this recall legislation and uh, will they make any changes as a result of that? It's possible. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev says Justin Trudeau should let parents decide what's best for their children and get his nose out of Alberta politics. Polyev was asked by journalist Justin Ling to weigh in on Alberta Premier Daniel Smith's proposed ban on sex reassignment surgeries for minors and the requirement of parental consent for name and gender changes at school. Uh, You often said you support uh, medical freedom, that you oppose the state imposing medical choices on the Canadians. Uh, Yesterday you were asked about a new policy in Alberta. Uh, which restricts health care for transgender uh, youth in particular. Uh, you refuse to say where you actually stand on those regulations. Uh, you attacked journalists who asked you that question as peddling disinformation for the prime minister. So can you say now where you stand on the state restricting health care access for transgender youth? And can you confirm whether or not your caucus is allowed to speak freely on this issue? Uh, First and foremost, uh, you are spreading disinformation and you refuse to even describe the policy proposals that are being debated. Uh, You refuse to even list any of them. And and the reason you you do, let's be clear why you don't do it, because you don't want to lose the debate. And so if you think, if you keep it vague and you actually refrain from actually describing the policies that Premier Smith is putting in place, then you think that you can misrepresent them and misrepresent conservatives. Uh, This is exactly what Justin Trudeau has done. You notice that Trudeau has not given a single example of any of the policies that Premier Smith has brought forward that he individually disagrees with because he doesn't want to be specific about it. And that's because he and you want to peddle in disinformation in order to demonize uh, Premier Smith and parents And Justin Trudeau has spread hatred against parents. He's accused Muslim parents of being hateful because they were standing up for their kids. He's attacked Christian parents. He has suggested that parents cannot be trusted with their kids. And I disagree with him. I think we have to trust parents. No one cares for their kids more than parents. And that's why Justin Trudeau should butt out He should let parents raise kids and let provinces run schools and hospitals. Trudeau condemned Smith's announcement last week, calling the premier's policies anti-LGBT, saying that they would contribute to mental health issues and suicidal ideation among youth dealing with gender dysphoria. Smith defended her policy as one of caution and compassion, noting that children shouldn't be able to make permanent and irreversible decisions that will limit their choices in the future. Isaac, a lot of people want Polyev to be more vocal in the parental rights and gender ideology debate, but I think there's still the issue that this is provincial jurisdiction. So what should Polyev do? Should he go so far as introducing his own policies? Should he be just showing support for the provincial legislation that he likes? Should he maybe stay out of it a bit more? What do you think? Yeah, Lindsay, it's... Hard to say. And maybe Poilievre has better data than me, though I'm guessing he just has the same polling that we see. But we know that recent polls, of course, have shown that most Canadians 
disagree with the woke gender ideologues hell-bent on giving children the power to make these life-altering decisions that they may no longer want next week or within a year or a decade. And I would obviously love it if Polyevra took a firm stance against this. However, like we've seen with immigration, he doesn't always necessarily clarify his policies and ideologies as much as we might want him to. I imagine that he fears losing certain people's or communities' votes, but I'd argue that siding with what the majority of people believe and know to be the morally right thing as not too big of a problem. Of course, public opinion can always change, but I don't see that happening in this case. And in fact, just this morning, French journalist Hélène Bouzetti said that Poilievre, for the first time, said that he opposes puberty blockers for minors. Uh, this is a breaking story just that just came in this hour, so stay tuned for updates on that. Isaac, as you mentioned, recent polls show that the majority of Canadians agree with protecting parental rights and rejecting gender ideology in schools. So is it actually the media and the leftist politicians who are on the wrong side of history? Yeah, I think they are. Look, the safety and well-being of children should be any society's top priority. We know the many things that children are unable to do, like buy liquor, drive, go to a bar. I mean, it's a lengthy list, but most things that children aren't allowed to do are to protect them. And I don't see how this is any different. Children's bodies and minds are are rapidly evolving. They're learning, they're growing, and they're, they're changing, right? And I don't believe that they should be able to make an irreversible decision that they could end up regretting and that that would haunt them for the rest of their lives. And I have to give uh, kudos to Premier Smith. Of course, she's one of the first politicians to have the stomach to stand up to this crazy ideology. Uh, She released a video discussing the set of policies, and I think she was very respectful to to all sides of the argument, I guess. I don't know who who would watch the video uh, without bias and, and think negatively of it. Of course, Saskatchewan and New Brunswick had already taken steps to confront gender ideology themselves. Do you think that more provinces will follow suit, Lindsay? And do you think maybe that other provinces are, are monitoring the situation closely to, to calculate their next moves? I think the debate will become quite prevalent in BC next. Like maybe that's the next battleground. Um, I did do an article uh, a couple of weeks ago about some anti-SOGI activists. Again, SOGI is sexual orientation, gender identity curriculum. Um, And they were predominantly Sikh activists, but they had actually established an overnight camp um, for a period at the end of December where they were just protesting around the clock 24-7. Their signs said things like, teach geography, not pornography, leave our kids alone, um, stop sexualization in schools, messages like that. So... The debate really is going on in BC, and it it has come up in the legislature. I mean, um, there was an MLA for the BC Conservative Party, Bruce Bandman, who read out um, a really sexually explicit passage from a book that was available in school libraries, and that was, you know, back in the fall. So it's, it's been going on in British Columbia as well. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. 
Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Bye for now.